everybody. Welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host, Michelle Hutink, back, of course, with Christian Conway, our co-host. Twice in 24 hours, a, a World Cup does us good. Yes, I was going to say, it's a Simply Soccer World Cup edition. U.S. men's national team is all that we want to talk about. I hate that when the feed of the game is over and you just want to like hear more and it just cuts off. Um, so here we are. Um, yeah, that... This is what I mean, right? As a U.S. fan, you're you're hoping for the best and your expectations are low because you're just like, is this team going to pull it off? Um, they they had me going there. I wasn't really sure at the end. But, you know, when when did you want the goal to come, right? Do you want it to come early or did you want it to come late? Um, I wish that we had gotten more goals, as always. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a very good point that the United States got through this game with only one goal. But I think the emotion of the game, looking at just the raw numbers and looking at everything, I think the emotion of the game overtook what actually happened, which was this was a very cultured performance from the United States that really Iran didn't have an answer for pretty much anything the United States gave them. I mean, one shot on target in the 93rd minute. Um Again, nine minutes of stoppage time. That was ridiculous. The United States pummeled the Iranian goal. I mean, you know, uh, 12 shots, five on target. They, they they did everything that you would want them to do in a must-win game. They showed up. They beat a team that's worse than them. And they handled it with some ease. Now, I think when we look at that, that last, I'd say, 20 minutes where Iran was going for it, I can understand where that tinges the rest of the performance. But for 70 minutes, the United States was excellent in this game. I mean, that first half, they were they, they should have had at least two goals in that first half. I mean, they were sublime. I'm 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 trying to figure out a, a an expected goals number, but I remember at halftime I saw it was 1.45 expected goals to zero for Iran. Like they handled every moment of this game so incredibly well. And this was the youngest starting eleven that was fielded in Qatar. And like I think that's a really interesting point here because in this sort of game, and I think I I, I talked about it last night and I'll, I'll come back to the point that I was trying to make, which is I I love the fact that they were going with youth, but I thought in this game, it was Deandre Yedlin's game because he's been in these kind of situations before, but Greg Bearhalter trusted the kids and the kids got it done. And I think that's a really important point to keep in mind that in a must win game, their backs against the wall, Iran gave them the first 10 minutes. They gave them hell in that first 10 minutes. And yet they never panicked. They never they never lost sight of the cause. And yeah, you know, that last 10 minutes when Iran's trying to find a result, yes, Iran inherently will get more of the ball, will be the more attacking side. But Walker Zimmerman mopping up anything that was in the air, you know, Cameron Carter-Vickers coming into a starting 11 and really impressing as far as I'm concerned. Matt Turner, excellent in goal, especially with his distribution they just all really handled it on the day. And I thought it was it was impressive to watch. And it makes me really excited about what they can do moving forward now. Because I think if 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 we come out of this game, you know, they 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 draw one one or whatever, and we're talking about them going home, it would feel like a disappointment deeper than necessarily it should be, right? Because this is still a young group. They have not been here before. They are still learning the ins and outs of what it means to be a World Cup team. And if they had gone out in the group stage with three draws, I wouldn't have necessarily been that negative, but I would have felt like we missed an opportunity here. 
But to go out in a game where Iran was gunning for it, you know, in that first 10 minutes, the United States didn't have control of the game, but then rest control from Iran, spend the entirety of that rest of that first half, whatever 35 minutes it was, and just absolutely pound them, then play the next 20 minutes of the, the second half and really gain control of the game. I mean, you look at the shot map, there's only two shots for Iran. I mean, they, they, they literally didn't have anything moving forward. And that was the United States being so defensively solid and so smart that he, uh, I'm, I'm endlessly impressed by this performance. Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought that Iran was a, a good team. I thought that the United States had a, not a good start. But then, like you said, like after that, no, they they were definitely dominating. I mean, in, in possession, um, even though I think we've said on this podcast that that doesn't really mean anything, right, the percentage of that. But, um, you know, when the goal finally came in the 38th minute, and no surprise that it's our captain, Christian Pulisic, right? So um, it was very exciting. But then we couldn't really celebrate because Pulisic is on the floor. Um, and you just kind of wonder, did he hit his head? Did he hit his privates? Did he hit his stomach? Like what, what happened, you know, and in the replay over and over, because of course Fox is going to milk that goal for all it's worth. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a fantastic goal right in front onside. I mean, cause like you said, like they should have had two and, um, you know, that second one did get called offside after all. So, um, I, I was impressed with the team, but I, but I was worried. I mean, maybe it's just like PTSD in a uh, world cups past. Um, but it is amazing to think that this is the group that got us, uh, into the round of 16, which of course is the, the knockout round. And so, um, I was a little bit concerned about that center back, uh, change up just because we had said that Reem and Zimmerman were the ones that, you know, we, that were clicking that we really liked that, um, but yeah, uh, I, I think it, I would have put in right a lot sooner. Um, I know you said that, that, you know, uh, shot should have been rights. And, um, then I ended up finding out that I have a colleague whose son played with, right. And she kept saying, Oh, it's Haji in, it's Haji in. And I go, what? Cause it was lunchtime when I was able to watch and I go, who's Haji? And then, Oh, it's right. And I go, I knew there was one of these players, uh, um, for a lot, you know, that came from Los Angeles and yeah, I used to play in Culver city. She said, so um yeah it was just really cool to see him come on and uh I really thought that he was going to get a goal to be honest but um yeah that and like you said I uh it really made a point that the sloppy like at the wrong time <laughs> you know you're just like this is messy and and it's gonna be like Iran is yeah it's all they needed was a a draw to advance and of course they're gonna gun for it well, as they I, should, you know, yeah, yeah, and, and I think we we entered hashtag tactics free zone about in the seventy fifth, seventy eighth minute when uh, the United States goes into the five four one with bringing on Shaq Moore and uh, Walker Zimmerman to kind of shore up that defense. Um, in terms of the Pulisic injury, I can confirm as someone who identifies as male, um, that wasn't a that was not an abdominal uh, injury. I can tell you that uh, with with one hundred percent certainty. Um, Look, I, I think you look at the goal that they score, right? Like, I mean, it is, that is what Bear Halter ball is supposed to be. It is is meant to, you know, excellent distribution from the goalkeeper. The midfield figures it out. Weston McKinney finds this perfect pass to the outside wing. And then it, it's Serginio Dest with just the absolute most delicate header possible to find Christian Pulisic, who's 
I mean, incredibly brave because I think he knew what was about to happen. Um, what I would say is this, you know, in that first half, I think Iran didn't have an answer for the outside backs of the United States, especially with uh, Jedi Robinson and, and, and Serginio Dest. And, and, and I think that was something I highlighted a lot in those first two games was they need the outside backs to be effective in order to be successful. I, I think they did a very good job of that. Now, I think it, it kind of tails off when, you know, Serginio gets pulled and, and, and maybe they, they change the shape just that little bit. But I think you, you saw a lot there where you understand why the United States can be effective, where, again, we talk about Bear Halter's ethos of we want to disorganize opponents using the ball. That goal is exactly what Bear Halter has been looking for his entire tenure with, with the United States men's national team. It's good distribution from the goalkeeper. The midfield winning it. Tyler Adams, fantastic in this game. To Weston McKinney. Weston drives, finds pass, boom. If they can do more of that, I think they're going to unseat a lot of teams. I think what happens in this game is, is where my questions about the squad exist, which is once we start making those changes in the 60th minute, the 70th minute, and then into the 80th minute, we're starting to understand that maybe that starting 11 is fantastic. It is a very good group. But once that starting 11 goes away, then we have to start changing the system. Not necessarily, you know, the dream for any team is that you have a system, you play it, and then when you start making substitutions, those players just fit into the system exactly right. So it's like like-for-like like replacements. I don't think the United States has that. I think the United States has a lot of very good players off the bench. I think we saw it. You know, Kellen Acosta was fantastic in that second half. Walker Zimmerman, of course, mopping up anything that was above, like, six feet in the air. Um, you know, Shaq Moore, for his shaky start, kind of figured it out as it got later. But they had to change the system in order to get them on the field into the places where they could be successful. I think the one big question is, okay, yeah, they got through this. And and I think I fully support Bearhalter and his thinking here, which was when they got to 1-0 up and it got to the 80th minute, he didn't chase anything. He did not want to find that second goal. I'm okay with that. Like, I, I agree with you that, you know, that they should have found a second. They They were the better team on the night, you know, a second goal would have really made a lot of things easier. But when you're in a must-win game, you're 1-0 up in the 80th minute, I'm never going to blame a manager for saying, right, can it here. We're going to just be defensively solid. We're going to do what we need to do in order to keep the ball about 80 yards away from our goal. I'm okay with that. That's fine. What I would have liked to see is a little bit more of like-for-like like replacements in terms of, you know, like, you know, Pulisic comes off and and and... Obviously, we don't know the extent of, of of that injury. It looks like he's going to be fine for Saturday. But Aronson comes on, and then Aronson's not a like-for-like for, like for Pulisic. Aronson's a great engine. He's brilliantly good. But he's a little bit more of a deeper-lying midfielder, and he's a little bit more of a... I, I'm not... Well, yeah, I'm going to say it. He looks like running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Like, I mean, he was he was flying into tackles left and right, but it never looked like he was positionally disciplined whereas Pulisic can hold that uh, that that discipline that they needed and so it kind of really destroyed the midfield shape and Iran was really more than happy to take advantage of it now I'll give Cameron Carter Vickers credit because he was really good about making sure that Asmoon and then um Taremi and whoever else was running through that mid uh Ezotalahi and and all of them that were running through the midfield into those lines he was really good about reading their runs and stopping them from from happening but 
you almost feel like that should have been stopped at the midfield line, not the defensive line. Um, I think there was a lot here that I really liked. And I think there's a lot here that we can work off of. I do think there's just these, these 5% moments that indicate to me that this is a young team. And I think a lot of it, you know, for example, Brendan Aronson running around like crazy. I think Iran's best chance that um, Cameron Carter Vickers snuffs out and Tim Ream, you know, in support of him is because Brendan Aronson overcommits on a challenge. The outside back is displaced. And then all of a sudden um, as a Talahi, he's got a ton of room to run like that. That's a concern here. Whereas maybe Pulisic's a little bit more, okay, I understand that I've got to create that moment of, of, of conflict earlier in the lines than necessarily at the defensive line. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch. That being said, I thought the United States handled this game incredibly well. I, I mean, I just, I think they were so measured and cultured. And and keep in mind, this is the youngest starting 11 that's been played in guitar by any team this year. We've got a 23-year-old captain in Tyler Adams who was basically berated by the Iranian media yesterday. You know, a bunch of guys on yellow cards and they just handled the moment. You know, like that that's the thing is I, I think it's so easy for us as U.S. fans to get lost in the negatives be, considering it's been eight years since we've really had this. But I can't say enough good things. And yeah, I know there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to say, well, it's just Iran. Iran's 20th in the FIFA rankings. We're 16th. Like this, this was not a game where it was, you know, we're playing Mauritania or, you know, the Maldives or something like that. I mean, we were playing a, a respectable footballing nation and they went, they went out there and, and, and made them just, they didn't give them anything, you know? And, and I think that, that, that deserves to be rewarded. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking back, of course, you're going to say we should have beat Wales, we should have beat England, and then Iran was a given, right? Again, not to underestimate them or anything, but this is just, you know, the the rhetoric, right? And so to see the team actually be able to pull it off, um, like I said, I would have been more comfortable with a 2-0 lead, and I felt like at one point we did need one, um, but it, but that's all they, that's all it took for them to to advance, and and that's incredible for us to not have made the World Cup last time and, you know, for us being really uncertain this time going in. I mean, I wasn't certain anyway, but it's really showing you, like, do you even hear that the U.S. team is ranked 16th? Um, it's pretty wild. Like, this is the development of soccer that we've been talking about for decades. And um, I think that they're well on their way. So that said, you know, <laughs> they're facing the Netherlands on Saturday at 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'm excited. Um, obviously, or not so obviously, my dad actually said, well, were you, we've been U.S. citizens, you know, my dad uh, ended up becoming U.S. citizen after I was born and from the Netherlands. And he said, yeah, so we're rooting for the USA. And I go, yeah, but I'll be a little happy either way. <laughs> um, but of course, of course, I, I've been rooting for the U.S. men's team um, since 2006, just because that I didn't get introduced um, you know, to the love of soccer until 2005, thanks to the galaxy. And so to even be here, what feels like so soon, um, when we've all been talking about like saving up for the 2026 world cup and we get to host it, partially host it and all that. Um, yeah, this is pretty amazing. I mean, I wasn't crying when the U S won. I almost cried when I thought, Oh my God, are they gonna, they're gonna blow this, uh, game, you know, those last few minutes, that, like, could they hold on, you know, that, but I wasn't crying this time, but I, I am excited. I am happy that, that they made it. Of course. That, that penalty shout in the 99th minute, I 
I, I have watched a lot of La Liga. I know Lajos as a referee. I was completely convinced he was about to go to the screen and call that one as a penalty. I was sold and I was crushed already. Thank God it was the final whistle and not him going to the monitor. Um, One point I want to make about this game and one point I think is getting lost in all these conversations is the World Cup, more than anything else, is a pass-fail exercise. And we talk a lot about pass-fail exercises with soccer games on this podcast. It's something I bang the drum of every single time in a elimination game in the playoffs or, you know, in a tournament setting, etc. The question is, did you pass the test or did you fail the test? I there I have seen a lot of commentary which says that, oh, well, well it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. They should have scored four goals. That, you know, like all these other things. And to which I say, they passed the test. They're in the knockout round. Every game from here on out is a pass-fail exercise. I don't care how they pass the test. I care that they pass the test. I, I mean, my master's degree career would indicate that C's get degrees. Like, y- you just have to pass the test. And I think, I, I, I understand this want that we have to look good doing it, right? That, that, that we hit this inferiority complex where it's like, we have to look like, you know, Spain, you know, 170 pass, you know, passing moves in order to score a goal or whatever. The United States went out there and did the thing. Like, I mean, they were excellent. They battled. They won 50-50 balls. I thought they were a little loose in the midfield. And I think against the Netherlands, this actually bodes really well with the way that they played tonight, which is they're not going to go out there and aim to play off Louis van Hall's Netherlands off the off the off the field. They're, just, they're not going to do that. But what they're going to do is they're going to be tough. And they've been tough the entire time. And I think if, if you had polled me before this World Cup, you had said what was going to be the thing that got the United States over the line through the group stage and then maybe through the round of 16, which I have, we'll, we'll talk about in a bit here, but I'm, I will preview by saying I'm really bullish about their chances. I would have said, well, it's the fact that they have Christian Pulisic, uh, you know, Josh Sargent, you know, a, a fantastic attacking wing back core. They're not going to win a lot of games by one nil or you know, shut out teams, what they're going to do is they're going to win every game 4-3, and it's going to be fine. That defensive core has been so good for the United States, and I I didn't expect that. And I think this has been fantastic from the United States to just be defensively solid, just build from the back, and then let the offense kind of figure it out as they need. Today, that was what got them through, right? Which was, you know, center backs, Walker Zimmerman, Shaq Moore actually surprisingly got them through, Matt Turner. They all were so good, and that is what built the platform that this team can operate off of. And I think that's a very good key for success in tournaments is that good defense wins you tournaments. I mean, 2018 France, they weren't going to send anyone, you know, send any, send any awards home because they played pretty attacking soccer. They were just really good in the back. And I think the United States can actually build a platform here where if they continue to be that solid in the back, especially the way they were against Iran today, that can give them a lot of opportunities. Yeah, I mean, you know, there are players that I would love to see more of, right? Gio Reyna is one of them. Um, but yeah, what whatever whatever it takes. I mean, the the Netherlands is actually um, not a, you know, what I would say they're not the powerhouse that that we normally know them as. Um, they're ranked eighth, obviously in the in the world, but like. 
in the FIFA men's world rankings, but you know, the last world cup, they didn't even qualify. And so to be honest with you, that match against uh, Ecuador, I expected more from the Netherlands, not surprised that they won, but Ecuador was a, was a tough team. And I'm actually sad to see that, that they're knocked out a little bit, but you know, go Senegal. Uh, although I wouldn't want to face Senegal, right. Cause they're the ones that are the threat right now. And so um, yeah, I'm actually kind of glad that that we ended up having to face the Netherlands. I do think it is a it is a winnable game for the United States. Um, I I just think that they're really going to have to keep it clean because the Netherlands will punish you in ways that um, I don't think the U.S. has been quite as challenged yet. And um, and you know the the players that, that they really got to work out for uh, look out for is Van Dyke, um, Gakpo. Um, you know, these are yeah, Dumfries, like these, these are guys that we know, um, can really pull the, the U S men apart and, and take advantage of their inexperience, so to speak. Um, I, yeah, I, but like I said, I, I totally think that the U S actually could do this. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, the United States, it's, it's pretty straightforward from here on out. I do want to throw a quote here from, uh, from Greg Berhalter today after the uh, after the victory, he said, the first half we showed what we could do soccer wise. The second half we showed what we could do determination wise. And, and I've, I've said this a lot where I think the United States exists in this weird half space where there is a large part of the fandom that wants them to play like all these great European sides like Barcelona, Real Madrid, Manchester United, Manchester City, Bayern Munich, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because that's what they've been watching for years. But I think you and I, you know, we've we've talked about our history before. I think the very first episode you and I did together, we talked about the 2010 World Cup with the uh, the Algeria game, where it was a blue collar side that outworked everyone they played. And I think the the merger of those two identities has always been really difficult. Where it's it's never really been a very good marriage between those two kind of concepts. I think that quote indicates to me that they've kind of finally hit that equilibrium and they're actually kind of understanding how to get both identities on the field and use it. Uh, in terms of the Netherlands, yes, Gakpo has been having a phenomenal tournament. I mean, that's going to be a big deal is shutting him down. But I think you you look at that midfield, Frankie de Jong's not been great. Um, I, I think you're overrating Dumfries a little bit there. Um, that midfield is has its moments. And 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 I I, I think... You look at the games that the Netherlands played, I think the draw against Ecuador is exactly what it's going to look like against the United States, where the United States is just going to sit a little deep, just allow the Netherlands to kind of frustrate themselves and then take advantage of moments on the counter. I think also they didn't impress me today against Qatar. Like I I thought they were going to put 10 against Qatar and they probably should have. I think obviously they're probably playing at about 60%. They knew that it was an opponent that they were clearly better than. But I also think that there was moments where they could have been a little bit more ruthless and they just didn't take advantage of those moments. Louis yeah, Hall, I feel like that that's how they've been playing this whole cup too. Yeah, and, and Louis Van Hall is the ultimate pragmatist. I understand that. And 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 maybe it was just him being that pragmatic kind of guy. But I do think there's moments here against this Dutch team that the United States can really take advantage of. Um, I, I also think if they if they if you know they play that first half like they did uh, I do think, you know, I mean, Iran, of, of course, is a lesser opposition than than the Netherlands. I don't think that's too far of a, of a thing to say. But I just look at a, a midfield built around, you know, Montenegro, 
Frankie DeYoung and Dolly Blind, I do think they're going to get chances. And I think that's the thing about the United States is that they don't take advantage of their chances necessarily that well. And I think tonight against Iran, they really took advantage of those chances. They really were good about getting moments in the midfield. You know, Weston McKenney was charging really hard. We talked a lot about how he needed to be that second runner through midfield. He was doing that all night, you know, Christian Pulisic finding, you know, half spaces and, and operating in, you know, it was Sergio Dest just cooking off that, uh, off that wing backside. Like I do think there's, there, there are things here where we look at this performance against Iran and I'm like, well, if they played a better team, they would still get these moments of joy. Like I, I do think, they didn't, you know, Iran didn't have an answer for Serginio Dest. Neither did England and neither did Wales. I don't think the Dutch are going to have an answer for him either because he's he's A, crazy, and B, he's a very unique wingback. Um, so I think if they, if they can get, you know, the wingbacks going again, you know, with with, with Jada Robinson on the other side and just kind of force a team to to make a decision about which side you're going to to defend harder in terms of the wingbacks, well, then that opens up the center of the field. And then you start getting Christian Pulisic in these, these kind of half spaces where he can start playing passes. You get Tyler Adams covering a bunch of ground. Hopefully that happens again. And then you got Weston McKinney as that kind of charging eight. I I, I like that composition. I, I, I actually take the U.S. midfield over this Dutch midfield. And I know that's scandalous to say, but I do like the U.S. midfield when it combines with the outside backs a little bit more than I like the setup of the Dutch right now. Yeah, I mean, I can only agree with everything that you're saying. I mean, I know I've been a harsh critic of the U.S. men's team, um, and I, I, I guess I did conflate the Netherlands in my head a bit. But, um, yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a, a fun match. Uh, there's a risk that it could be a little boring, but that's okay, too, because, like you're saying, as long as the U.S. men are – are you know passing well and the guys are doing their job and and just I mean just get goals because the thing is I feel like the Netherlands is going to get goals I feel like you know they'll put two on you if you're if you're not also um attacking it so um I don't know maybe the U.S. will squeak by with a 2-1 win we'll see we don't do predictions on this show (laughs) well yeah um but they can do it I think that's the thing is that there's a certain belief amongst this group that I haven't seen in a U.S. team in a very long time. And, and I remember uh, the Nations League uh, campaign last year. And I remember turning to a friend that had, I, I he has literally no soccer knowledge, like could care less. And he said, there's a certain belief about this group that I've not seen from any group ever. And I think that's an important thing. Like you, you saw when the team got back to the hotel tonight, and Christian Pulisic was there waiting for them, and the hugs and the the camaraderie that existed between this group. I'm not a big hashtag vibes gets you through a tournament kind of guy, but I do feel like there's something there where like the hashtag vibes are really good around this team, and I I do believe that this team has something in them that they could pull it. They could pull a big upset. They. Again, today, you know, they go, you know, they go through that first 10 minutes, Iran's all over them. And yet they never really gave up. They just never looked like it was like, okay, this is out of our hands. Like it was, all right, take a deep breath. You know, here we go. Like it it was a sense of, all right, Iran's pressing us in the first seven minutes. We're going to see this through. And then 
we're going to to do what we do best. And I think if they can weather that storm against the Netherlands and do kind of the same thing, which is basically play a little bit on the back foot, but be more than happy to kind of weather the storm, breathe it out, and then just be like, all right, cool. We don't know when we're beaten. Let's go. I think they've got a lot of opportunities. That being said, Gakpo is having a phenomenal tournament, and Frankie de Jong has also been having a fantastic tournament, so they're going to have to deal with that. I also think Virgil van Dijk is a very different center back problem to what they've had to deal with beforehand in the sense that I think the U.S. center forwards have been able to bully teams into submission. Virgil van Dijk's not going to let you do that. Um, so maybe this is a Haji right, you know, kind of scenario where you just, you throw your, you know, you throw the big, you know, the flying refrigerator on. Um, but, but I do think they're going to get some moments and it's a question of, can they complete those moments? Can they figure out how to get themselves out of a major game? And th- I think this is the biggest test the U.S. Has, has had this group under Bearhalter. I just do think that they will have opportunities. It's a question of completing those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, com- completing those. Um, I'm glad that Pulisic will be ready to play on Saturday. And uh, yeah, there's there's enough time between this game and the last one that I think everybody can go ahead and rest up. Because there were times where the U.S. looked really tired um and understandably so i mean they're working out there they're putting in so much work and yeah very proud of these guys and looking forward to saturday (laughs) sorry yeah um no yeah i i'm looking forward to saturday i will be kindly ensconced in a las vegas pub slash venue after a wonderful wedding um i wish nothing but josh and claudia the best Uh, i cannot wait to get out there to celebrate their nuptials um, and hopefully celebrate a three-point win. Um, well, not a three-point win. We're in the knockout stages. Like, what is going on? Um, Uh-oh, Christian just did a prediction. Uh, no, uh, I'm not saying we're going to win by three goals. No, God, no. If, if, if I was going to do a prediction, I'd say it's going to be a little bit tighter than that. Um, but yeah, I do think we we have a very good shot at this. Um, I just hope we avoid penalties. I I have dealt with enough soccer heartbreak this year, losing in the last minute of games. I don't need penalties. My heart does not need that right now, but I do think they have a shot. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to take this in. Like it's, it's so exciting, right? We're in the knockout round. Like we're here. This is what, yes, for decades. <laughs> there are people that I, I am talking to that are like, Oh yeah, it was cool that they won today. You know, like, yeah, we're in the knockout stage. It's like, how do you not have a heart? Like this was incredible. It was terrible. I know people who cried. I do. I was close. I was close, but yeah, uh, I, I do think they have a shot. Um, and I'm so proud of this group, regardless of what happens on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, or we're winning the cup, baby. Okay. Uh, thanks again for listening and stay tuned. Back to you soon.